If you've got something snotty or snarky to say about Cabrian Hayes' mistake last night at PNC Park, you aren't going to look particularly smart in very short order. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. Cabrian Hayes homered. First inning, good stuff. Opposite field, base of the foul pole. More people there than usual, like a, close to 10,000. Got up, we're really getting into it. I was there. I, I thought it was a pretty nice scene. I was covering the game, writing a column for DK Pittsburgh Sports that I hope you'll check out. And then the Dodgers call for a review, and I'm thinking it's got to be about ground rules or somehow the ball hit something or somebody reached over the yellow line or whatever, and it turns out that Hayes missed first base. Hayes missed first base. The umpires made the correct call because on appeal, the Dodgers took the ball from the pitcher to the first baseman, so it's 1-3 as the putout. And the home run is gone. It's just wiped away. What happened? What happened? Well, the first thing that happened is everybody freaking out over this. The Pirates! Something, something, the Pirates. Something, something, Will Craig, first base, and whatever else here. As if these things are even remotely related. And then, not long after that, it got nasty, and it got personal. And yes, of course, I'm talking about social media, various forums. Uh, I'm sure it was everywhere. People blasting Kibrian Hayes. Calling him dumb. Questioning whether or not he's intelligent. Questioning whether or not the pirates properly teach people to touch all of the bases... When they hit home runs. Like, how are these things that cross anyone's mind, even in anger or disappointment or whatever your reaction is in that moment? Because, you know, here they are. They're playing the billion-dollar Dodgers, and, and I get it. You know, here's our superstar kid hitting a home run, and then psh, the air comes out. Well, who are we mad at? Who are we mad at? We're going to be mad at the kid. Eventually, it started to turn a little bit on the first base coach, Tarek Brock, but for the most part, it stayed on the kid or the Pirates. And it's 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 crazy. It's the most isolated of isolated incidents. I asked Derek Shelton a couple of questions after the game that I'm going to play for you his responses, but I, I first want to point something out here. No, there's nothing remotely defensible about missing the bag on a home run or missing the bag in any situation. It's baseball 101-0101. So I'm not going to attempt to defend it in any way, but one thing that I have 
seen, heard, and read already since this happened, a lot of was that he missed the bag on a home run trot. That is inaccurate. No one knew that was a home run until he was close to second base. So he was actually hightailing it around first. So just, again, not defending him missing the bag, but I'm at least trying to put things into proper context. Now, here was the question that I asked Shelton shortly after the game. Shelton, is there anything that can be done at the at the coach level on that play at first base? I mean, is there anything I, – I know I'm reaching here, but is there anything that can be done where, you know, you can say, hey, get back here? No, nah, I mean, that's 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 a good question. Uh, you know, Tark's watching the ball, and I think he got caught – well, obviously, he got caught watching the ball, and uh, by the time he got past him, he had missed it. So, you know, it's one of those things that Keith thought he caught the – thought he caught the back corner of it and, and he didn't and if he's sure he, or if he even thinks he misses it he's got to go back and touch it I mean what's he going to say he was honest he said look both Kibrian and Tarek Brock were looking at the ball why is the first base coach looking at the ball well partly the first base coach does have to do that to an extent because he's going to be giving out some kind of orders or commands based on what he sees if that ball stays in play. And that was very much a possibility. As it was, once it was up there, he always needs to make sure that somebody touches the bag. And when he saw that Kibrian missed the bag or if Kibrian felt that he missed the bag, you tell the kid to go back and touch it. Obviously, there's nothing the Dodgers can do to stop you. You just go back and touch it. No repercussions, just kind of slows the game down a little bit, and everybody has a laugh about it. It's no big deal. As it was, and as you heard Shelton explain to me, Hayes believed that he had hit the corner of the bag while sprinting around first base. He obviously was mistaken. So who's at fault? Who's this? Who's that? Who's dumb? You know, who's not being taught the game properly? These are little league mistakes that they're making. Okay, if you want to go down the little league mistakes route, come at me with actual information, not the only two plays you've noticed from the Pirates in the last two weeks. This is when I get into the difference between people who are watching the games or going to the games and the ones who just kind of parenthetically hear something about the Pirates on social media and everybody goes rushing to partake in the burial of the team. Nothing happened here that was pirates. If you want to get into an actual discussion on how the pirates are fundamentally and how much they've progressed from the Clint Hurdle regime to the Derek Shelton regime, I've got numbers to support my arguments. Do you? Or are you just going to point to Will Craig and Kibrian Hayes? Man, see, like... I get it. People that are listening to something called the Daily Shot of Pirates probably, 
probably don't fall into any of these categories that I'm describing. But that doesn't mean that I still can't vent about it because it's so pervasive, this negativity, this outright hostility that somehow has become okay in Pittsburgh for a team that's based in Pittsburgh that has the same first name and the same colors as the other two teams in town. They've got a really, really, really unpopular owner. But that's not even what this discussion's about. You're talking about Kibrian Hayes. Has, has anyone who criticized Hayes as being dumb or not taught the game properly or any of this other crap that emerged last night, do they know anything about him? Do they know that he's the son of a major league player, Charlie Hayes, who, by the way, was a pretty headsy player himself in his own day? Do they know anything about what this kid's achieved? Do they know anything about what people around baseball are saying about Hayes? Did they even watch any of his at-bats all season long other than that one? How about the three that followed this mistake? How about the way he creamed the ball? The way he picked a bouncer up at third base? A beautiful stab. This kid is special, and you're going to dump on him? You're going to dump on him because of one brain cramp, in which he wasn't even aware was a brain cramp because he thought he hit the bag? You're going to dump on him before he even has a chance to do these things that are now universally being expected of him across the baseball world. He's special. I, I asked Shelton about the way Hayes bounced back, too. So, something like what happened to, to Key there can rattle a, a normal kid. I mean, all he does is come up after that and just cream the ball the rest of the night. I mean, what does that tell you about him? It tells me that nothing affects him. I mean, you know, he made a mistake. And I think your point is, and Donnie and I talked about it during the game, for a lot of people the rest of the game, they would have mentally not been in that space. He gets a base hit. He gets two other balls square on the nose. He goes to the backhand side and makes a, a really good play. You know, nothing really affects this kid. So, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do that again. But I think it's a testament to who he is that, you know, this kid, nothing phases him. I mean, his heartbeat stays the same the entire time. Look, I'm sorry if this episode came across as excessively ornery or whatever. And I'm going to repeat that I understand that people who are listening to a podcast with this name, meaning the name of the show, are most likely not going to be the people that I'm aiming this anger at. But to bury Kibrian Hayes because you hate Bob Nutting because of this or that or whatever, uh-uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I don't say something about that, then I'm not doing a very good job of expressing opinions on this baseball team that I cover. That actually is my job. That ticked me off in just unlike the Will Craig stuff. Like, look, I I said at the time, Will Craig's going to get DFA'd in a week. Nobody's even going to remember he exists. He's not emblematic or representative of anything 
about the Pirates. Brian Hayes represents everything that's good. Don't dump on that and don't put up with anybody else dumping on that. And you know what? If they do and they insist on it, take them on down to PNC Park and show them number 13 playing third base. They're in for a treat. Because that kid couldn't care less about any of this stuff that I'm talking about. When we come back, just one question. And that's brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern, which is directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. And I can attest personally that it was seriously hopping last night after the game. I had to write, so I didn't have a chance to stop. But I saw the scene, and man, that's uplifting. After everything that everyone's been through for the past year and change, to see a good, homegrown, independent business like that thriving once again if you're not someone who's yet made it down to north shore tavern um that's an error on your end uh get down there it's the home to stake on a stone it's also home to the planet's only fully dedicated pirate sports bar front and back with all kinds of wonderful memorabilia great people the whole deal get down there north shore tavern directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's question comes from Greg Sisson, who says, Jacob Stallings, bucko manager in 2037? (laughs) Well, uh, I guess it kind of takes that long, doesn't it? Jacob's 31 years old, so that would put him at like, yeah, that'd be about right. Mid to late 40s? That's when you get a managerial job. He's not ready for anything like that. Yesterday was the first day that reporters were allowed on the field for batting practice at PNC Park. And that's a tradition that goes back, oh boy, I mean just just forever and ever. It used to be the place where the reporters would uh, get a lot of good side information that that tradition has kind of faded a little bit over the years but yesterday believe you me it was in full swing this was negotiated across baseball and the pirates of course complied and i gotta tell you it was great to be down there what's this have to do with your question well jacob stallings was my dude here you were you were asked to uh request a player if you wanted to do a one-on-one and and Stallings was my guy and hopefully you'll get a chance to check out why Greg on uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports I have a column across the top of the site about Stallings and his future here how he feels about it um, what the Pirates could do what I feel they should do toward keeping Stallings as kind of an anchor as a rock for what they're trying to build. Yes, he's 31. Uh, yes, he's a catcher. They also come with shorter shelf lives, but um, I, I feel pretty strongly about this one, as I hope you'll see. Could he become a manager? My goodness, yes. And I'm not just saying that because he's the son 
of a basketball coach, Kevin Stallings, of course, who was briefly and unceremoniously at Pitt, but prior to that had, you know, made it to becoming an NCAA Division I basketball coach. Stallings just has a, a head for the game that's through the roof, and he knows and understands all components of it, defense, offense, uh, pitching, really, because he's the one who has to manage all of the pitchers. So, yes, he could be that. But for right now, Greg, let's let's find a way to keep him in Pittsburgh. That that would be, if I'm Ben Charrington, that's, that's my objective. I'm not trading him, and I'm even considering finding a way to buy out his three arbitration years and seeing if that makes sense for both sides. As you'll read in the column, it sounds like it would make a lot of sense to the catcher himself. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to this and putting up with my nonsense and whatever else here. Don't ever take it personally. I have strongly held views. I don't go uh, hiding from them, and I'm also not going to be worried about tiptoeing through them. Uh, this, This really, really ticked me off. And honestly, even just after this episode, I feel better. But I'll feel that much better when Cabrian Hayes goes like four for five tonight or whatever with three bombs and then makes a point of jumping on each base with both feet. Uh, We'll do this again tomorrow, I promise.